1: This is Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. Well, 2020 is finally, finally over. Meanwhile, KEXP has been looking back at and honoring many of the music figures we lost in the past year. On December 17th, KEXP DJs paid tribute all day long on the People Who Died Day, sharing the music of those who passed away all day long. But inevitably, there are more people to remember than there are hours in the day. So Sound Envisions Isaac kaplan Wolner has put together a segment exploring some of the lesser-known musicians, songwriters, and producers who passed away in 2020.
0: If you've been paying attention, and you certainly could be forgiven for tuning out some news in 2020, you're probably aware of many of the biggest artists who we lost this year. Rock icons like Little Richard and Eddie Van Halen soul reggae godfather Toots Hibbert, and beloved singer-songwriters John Prine and Bill Withers. The list goes on and on and on. Along with lead singers and chart-toppers, 2020 lost a lot of now lesser-known but still important music figures. With hundreds of deaths in music, where to start? Well, let's get our minds twisted with the dual birth of psychedelic music. First up is Steve Weber, a guitarist who co founded the Holy Modal Rounders with fiddler Peter Stamfel, both also later in the Fugs. This Lower East Side freak folk duo's first album, released in 1964, contained their version of Hesitation Blues. The lyrics included the first use of the term psychedelic, here pronounced psychodelic, in popular music. Steve Weber died February 7th at the age of 76. Another psychedelic first to highlight is brill-building songwriter and producer Mark Barkan. He's perhaps best known for his bubblegum pop work with the Archies, the Monkees, and the Banana Splits, But in 1966, Barkan produced the album Psychedelic Moods by The Deep, which has been credited as one of the very first psychedelic albums, and the first with the word in its title. The album was meant to replicate the experience of an LSD trip. That's a funny colored ribbon Playing love Mark Barkan died May 8th at 85. From psychedelia, let's stay in the mid-60s, but jump into a slightly more innocent, but no less impactful sound. That's Millie Small, and her 1964 smash hit My Boy Lollipop made her the Caribbean's first international recording star and its most successful female performer. Born in Jamaica, she recorded it in London when she was just 17 years old, and it helped usher in the international popularity of bluebeat ska, and the reggae music that would come later. After a meteoric rise to fame, she fell out of the public eye in the 70s. In a 1987 interview, Small revealed that she was destitute and living in a hostel with her toddler daughter. She said in 2016 that she'd not received any royalties for her most famous single. She died May 5th in London, reportedly from a stroke at 72. Small was certainly not alone in that experience of royalty woes. Take Louisiana crooner Phil Phillips, for example. He wrote and sang the 1959 hit Sea of Love. Of love. I this gold disc sold over a million copies and spent 14 weeks in the top 40. But Phillips was only paid $6,800 for the song and received no further royalties. Because of the unfavorable terms of his deal, Phillips elected not to release an album to capitalize on his success. He died in March at the age of 94. Sticking with the 50s, this year saw the deaths of a number of figures important to early rock and roll. W.S. Fluke Holland was a drummer for Johnny Cash's Tennessee Three, as well as this little Carl Perkins ditty in 1955, which Elvis would cover the following year. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Now go, cat, go, but don't you
1: step on my blue shoes.
0: Holland would also play drums in the Million Dollar Quartet sessions with Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, and Johnny Cash. He died September 23rd at his home in Jackson, Tennessee at 85. Speaking of Elvis, Sun Studios musician and songwriter Stan Kessler died October 26th at 92. Kessler co-wrote some of Elvis' early songs and played bass on hit records by Carl Perkins and Jerry Lee Lewis. As a producer, Kessler would help release the 1965 hit Wooly Bully, which would be Sam the Sham and the Pharaoh's first and biggest hit. Another death of note in a string of early rock figures, which again owes a huge debt to Little Richard, is Bill Haley and his Comets bassist, Al Rex. Rex joined in 1949 and became known for his wild antics on stage. He left the music industry sometime shortly after 1960 and died May 24th at 91. Rex played on the song that came to be known more than any other as bringing rock and roll into mainstream culture around the world. And before we wind this rock clock forward, let's make one more stop with keyboardist and electronic music pioneer Max Crook. In 1959, Crook built a monophonic synthesizer he called the Musitron, which was influential on Motown producer Barry Gordy, as well as the great Ennio Morricone, who we also lost in 2020. But Crook is perhaps best known for co-writing and being the featured soloist on Del Shannon's 1961 hit Runaway, featuring the Musitron's distinctive sound. Let's move further into the 1960s once again with folk singer-songwriter, painter, and experimental musician Norma Tanega. She had a 1966 hit with Walkin' My Cat Named Dog and also wrote songs for Dusty Springfield. But this segment on music deaths brings to mind her rediscovered song, popularized by the mockumentary film and TV show What We Do in the Shadows. Don't
1: sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead and out of this world.
0: Though Tanega never reached the same level of musical success she found in the 60s, she continued to make art and experimental music throughout her life. She died December 29, 2019, at the age of 80. Now, an R&B and soul singer, songwriter, and producer we lost in 2020, who should arguably be more of a household name, is Betty Wright. She started singing in her family's gospel group as a young child, and was signed when she was just 12 years old. She released her signature song, "Clean Up Woman, when she was 17, and still in high school. It sold over a million copies, and was certified gold in 1971. She also worked extensively as a backing vocalist for artists like Stephen Stills, Johnny Nash, who also passed this year, Stevie Wonder, Peter Tosh, Gloria Estefan, David Byrne, Erykah Badu, and many others. After a long and storied career in music, Betty Wright passed May 10th at her home in Miami. She was 66.
1: A clean up woman is a woman who-
0: This is KEXP's Sound & Vision. I'm Isaac Kaplan-Wulner. And again, we're diving into some of the lesser known music figures who passed in 2020. This is just a small selection of the stories and songs we could share. For lots more, listen to KEXP's all-day memorial show in the streaming archives. It aired Thursday, December 17th. Let's head now to Detroit and Chicago in the 80s for Big Black bassist Dave Riley. Big Black was founded by guitarist and singer Steve Albini, who has many important ties to the Seattle music scene. Before jumping into Big Black's punk sound, Riley worked as a recording engineer, including on the albums Trombipulation for Parliament and The Electric Spanking of War Babies for Funkadelic. He joined Big Black in 1985 and stayed with the band until their dissolution in 1987. The band played a now-legendary farewell show at Seattle's Georgetown steam plant that culminated with them smashing their instruments on stage. The show was the brainchild of U-Man manager Larry Reed, and Seattle rockers like Kurt Cobain were in attendance. In 1993, Dave Riley was incapacitated by a stroke, losing his ability to walk. He died December 24, 2019, from squamous cell carcinoma at 59 years old. turn now to Detroit's Lorraine Chandler, who was not only a soul singer, but also one of the first black female songwriters and producers. She began writing and producing with Jack Ashford, including songs recorded by the OJs and Eddie Parker. She also enjoyed renewed success as a singer in Britain's northern soul scene. Chandler died January 2nd, aged 73. Another rediscovered soul singer of note is Willie Wright, who recorded his second album, Telling the Truth, in 1977. His cover of Curtis Mayfield's Right On for the Darkness was a highly collectible rare record, but Wright remained relatively obscure until Telling the Truth was reissued on CD in 2011. It drew him comparisons to Bill Withers, another great loss this year. Wright died on June 29th in Providence, Rhode Island, at the age of 80. Many of the folks who we've been talking about in this memoriam made a career of backing up other great musicians. That's perhaps no more true than with Muscle Shoals rhythm section guitarist and producer Pete Carr. He contributed to successful recordings by Bob Seger, Joe Cocker, Boz Skaggs, the Staple Singers, Rod Stewart, Wilson Pickett, among many others from the 1970s onward. Carr engineered and produced Bob Seeger's Stranger in Town, which won two Grammys. And he also worked on Paul Simon's There Goes Rhyme and Simon, which was nominated for two Grammys. And he played at the legendary Simon and Garfunkel reunion show in Central Park. You can hear Carr on acoustic guitar on this Simon hit. As we get towards the end of this segment, remembering some of the lesser-known figures in music who passed in 2020, let's take a moment to talk about Allie Willis, a hugely successful songwriter who wrote the Friends theme song, I'll Be There For You, which she jokingly referred to as, probably the whitest song I ever wrote. She also wrote songs for Sister Sledge, Gladys Knight, Herbie Hancock, The Pet Shop Boys, and Cyndi Lauper. And she co-wrote the Tony-nominated and Grammy-winning Broadway musical, The Color Purple. We'll play one of the most popular songs she co-wrote for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Willis died in L.A. on December 24, 2019, at the age of 72. Another woman we want to make sure that we remember this year is Viola Smith, one of the first female professional drummers. She made her mark in the swing and big band years, though her career stretched from the 1920s until 1975. On her 107th birthday in 2019, it was reported that she still occasionally drummed with bands in her hometown of Costa Mesa, California. That would make her one of the oldest living mainstream musicians at the time. She played on The Ed Sullivan Show five times, as well as in two films, and in the Broadway musical Cabaret. She was known as the female Jean Krupa, drummed with Ella Fitzgerald, and performed at President Harry Truman's inauguration in 1949. During World War II, she argued that women musicians could play just as well as men, and should be allowed to take the place of drafted men in the country's top bands. Here she is with her sister Mildred in the Coquettes, playing her signature 13-drum kit. Viola Smith died October 21st.
1: I'd like you to meet our very charming little drummer, Viola Smith.
0: And with that, we bid a bittersweet yet fond farewell to 2020 and the many incredible musicians we lost this year, of which this has been but a scant selection. Actually, we'll let one more singer do the farewells for us. Vera Lynn was an English singer, songwriter, and entertainer who was hugely popular during World War II. Referred to as the Force's Sweetheart, she performed for troops around the world. Her death on June 18th caused an outpouring of tributes across England, including from Queen Elizabeth II herself. Lynn was given a military funeral, widely attended by the public. So, Let's give Vera Lynn the last word, and a hopeful one at that, with her signature song We'll Meet Again. For KEXP Sound and Vision, I'm Isaac Kaplan Woolner.
1: We'll meet again. Don't know where Don't know when but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. That was Sound and Vision. As we wrap up the year that was 2020, I'm curious to know what your favorite episodes of this year were, what interviews stuck with you. And I'm also curious what music stories, issues, and conversations you would like to hear in this podcast in 2021. You can write me at soundandvision at kexp.org. Meanwhile, before you go, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you've never done it before, just try it see how that feels, because it really impacts the algorithm game and makes this more discoverable for other people to find and enjoy. So it really means a lot. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can give a one-time $20 donation to help support this show. You can do that at kexp.org slash sound. Well, Happy New Year. I am Emily Fox, and thank you so much for listening.